Hey everybody, welcome to Talkin' Stock. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode number three of season two for Talking Stock. It's Daytona week, speed week. It's February the 14th. Right now we've got NASCAR qualifying on. It's a jam-packed day. It's also Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day, Trey. How are we feeling as we watch these cars back on track and not at a little mash car over in Los Angeles? Man, am I excited to see these guys back on a super speedway. This is what NASCAR is all about. Qualifying, got the duels tomorrow night, and ultimately the Great American Race on Sunday. So very excited for this. Very excited for the 2024 NASCAR season. Yeah, man. I can't wait. It's super exciting. This It finally feels real. I mean, I, they give the clash its due for what it is. But, man, it really does feel real right now as we watch the cars on track. Uh, currently, Michael McDowell leading uh, about seven cars gone so far. So it's getting to it. So that'd be a really big pull for those guys. That'd be really pretty exciting. But, Trey, as we start to get into some of our new segments here, uh, I'm going to turn you over the keys to the qualifying lap. Yeah, absolutely. So this weekend, we're heading to Daytona. It is the most iconic track in NASCAR. Um, I think everybody knows about it. We've been racing here since 1959, the Daytona 500 uh, at Daytona International Speedway. But the the roots of NASCAR date back a lot longer, and the, the roots of motorsports in general date back longer in, that, uh, in Daytona, racing on the beaches of Daytona and, and down the interstate. So Long time we've been going to NASCAR. This is the one that, you know, everyone in motorsports sets out to win. So you got, I think, 40-some guys qualifying this week. Uh, that's because everyone wants a piece of it. And there are guys that go their entire career and win multiple championships and never get a, a chance at it. And there are guys that win two races in their career, and one of them is the Daytona 500. So this is where dreams are made of, and really excited to see if uh, – we get a new champion this weekend. Yeah, and such a rare thing for sport for the biggest event to kick off the season. I can't wait to watch it again, Trey. I know you're on the same page. It's been exciting as a as a Hamlin fan um, because it's something that we have won as fans. So um, it's really a unique feeling compared to what it would be like uh, to be a championship type season. But it really is a different kind of win. It's such a race of attrition at this point with a lot of the strategy. So there's really just so much going on, but it's always a super exciting thing as it kicks off our season. Now, as we would typically transition as we plan, as this season goes along, we want to do our weekly power rankings in this segment. But it's pretty easy for anybody out there to just throw four Hendrick drivers, four Gibbs drivers, and a couple Penske drivers into a top 10. Right now, there's just not much to base it off, base it off of. We could put Ryan Blaney first, but we're going to skip it for now. I think a good sample size to start ranking will be after Phoenix. So after Phoenix, we will start our weekly driver power rankings. But as we move from there, we'll talk about this year's Daytona rates, what we want to watch out for. And Trey, I can tell you right now what's on my radar. It looks like the new fascia for the Ford is picking up where the last one left off. Obviously, we don't know how it's going to draft until tomorrow night with the duels but right now that has no problem with their qualifying but the toyota noses man those things are plowing right now 
it would really be pretty surprised to see that that's by design for every car to qualify that low. Um, I, I know I mentioned to you earlier before we started the show that the Hamlin crew typically will err on the side of handling rather than raw speed. But for every Toyota that's qualified, didn't even qualify in the top 20, is is pretty eye-opening. Yeah, Eric Jones is the highest qualifying Toyota, that new Toyota there at Legacy Motor Club. Uh, he qualified 22nd. But I wouldn't be too concerned yet if I'm a fan of a Toyota driver because super speedways aren't built on raw speed. They're built on how they handle in the pack and how you can work your way through uh the field as the race goes on and stay out of the the big one as they say but uh turn our attention over to qualifying here we got one driver left to go and michael mcdowell still on the pool yeah it's gonna be pretty awesome to see that guy get it if they do hopefully of course it would, it would be logano pretty easy to got easy guy to root against from my perspective looks like he might get it gonna be close Right now, Lagana is just ahead by about seven tenths. Either way, uh, McDowell will start second if he doesn't get the pull here, because the top, the front row is determined tonight, and then the rest of it's determined at the pool at the duels tomorrow night. Yeah, so it looks like it's going to go to Joey Lagana is going to get the pull for Daytona. Isn't it surprising to see a non-Hendrick car on the pool on the front row? Unbelievable. I'm man, how long has that been? Decade? Yeah, I think I saw that they had nine straight poles or something. Something ridiculous. Holy cow. Uh, I mean, they still qualified well. Well, I mean, based off of this, obviously the full order will be determined tomorrow. But man, that's really surprising from Penske. I mean, I know it's two years in a row with a championship for them, but they haven't impressed me throughout the season. And obviously this has little impact on what will happen in Phoenix in November, but I'm surprised how much they've come out swinging and even front row included. So watch out for the Fords. I was going to say, I think that's a big uh, proponent to to Fords in general. They've outside of, uh, I see some the RCR guys and the Hendrick guys there. The Fords ran really well. Even the ones that didn't make the top 10, they were uh, the Stuart Haas guys um, were all right around the same, except for Josh Berry qualified a little bit lower than, than the other three, but good, good showing for uh, Ford today. Yeah, big day for them. It's going to be a good race on Sunday. A lot of new. Uh, if you watched any of the pre-race to the qualifying tonight, really it was a, a quite the wrap-up they had to do on their graphic. It was probably two minutes, where in some off-seasons it feels like it's one or two faces that switch. It's, it's a lot that's going to be different. A lot of new cars, drivers, um, even crew chiefs have switched a lot. So it's going to be pretty interesting. Um, to see what happens, but it's certainly going to be exciting regardless, as Daytona always tends to be. But, Trey, as we kind of move into what we want to call talking stocks, best bets, what are you looking at as far as what you're putting your money on when it comes to the Great American Race? Yeah, Daytona is probably, you know, our toughest prediction this year, um, just because there's so much uncertainty between, you know, there's always going to be some kind of big wreck, uh, usually late in the race. So even if your guy is leading late. Um, he can either get caught up in that, or last year you saw Kyle Busch was leading at the 500th mile, uh, but didn't win the race because there was a wreck behind him that brought out the green-white checkered and didn't have as much luck there. So for me, 
I was looking at the odds. I don't think that there's much to bet on besides winners this week. Um, it's kind of a crapshoot for, you know, top three, top five. And the odds weren't great. I think, you know, most of your guys that you would expect to be up there, like Denny Hamlin, the the Hendrick Cars, some of the Fords, they were all like plus 200, plus 300 to, to finish in the top five or top three. Not worth it, in my opinion, with how much uh, – how many variables go into a race like Daytona? So I'm sticking to winners, uh, guys that I like. I like Kyle Busch to get his first Daytona 500. He's been close the last few years. Uh, he qualified pretty well tonight, so that car has got a lot of speed. Saw that one at plus 1,100 today. Um, and then the other one was Chase Elliott, um, a guy that had a down year last year, but expecting a quick bounce back and right back into championship contention. They took the odds off before I actually wrote that one down, but that's that's what I'd be looking at. Yeah, and Trey, I very much agree. Um, I think that Kyle Busch is very much alive a to get it. I think RCR obviously has a good history here if they're managing to get Austin Dillon in victory lane. Um, so I think that they certainly have a chance to go and get a dub uh, on Sunday. Um, the favorite, as you know, not necessarily unexpected, is Hamlin. Uh, as a homer, I'll give him his due. Um, obviously certain that you have to watch out for him and they like to kind of bandwagon, uh, bubble Wallace into there as well. I'm not sure that he's, he's a lock, but I mean, both those guys have run really well on super speedways, but what I really agree on is Chase Elliott. I think that this is going to be the start of a good year for him. I think it would be the perfect way for them to start their new season after really a sucky year for them. And I don't even mean just performance wise, just bad breaks all around, um, but I, I think that it's going to be his first Daytona 500 win. I don't know why. I just had that feeling all week. But another guy that I like to keep an eye on is Ross Chastain. This place benefits the bold. Ross certainly has no problem going there. Uh, he's got a fresh new Bushlight paint scheme. I think that will look pretty sweet in victory lane. So I definitely think that you got to keep your eye on Ross. As far as a, a longer odds, I mean, so Ross is 2,500 um, based off of the latest stuff I can find. Elliott is around uh, something not too different, about 1,400. The favorite Hamlin at plus 900. But a guy um, that's won before at plus 3,500 just took the front row. If you can still get it, plus 3,500 for Michael McDowell seems a bit, uh, bit generous or, uh, you know, for the better. So definitely go and check out. And, Trey, as you mentioned, it is probably easier to stick to winners. But after tonight's performance – Maybe see if you can find some sort of interesting parlay out there with a Ford. Um, but we do have a question moving off of our picks. This will be the first question of the year. Trey, what is your favorite Daytona race? Yeah, so there's two Daytona 500s that I kind of have in my mind here. Um, so a couple years ago, I got to go down with my dad, which was a really great trip. Uh, that was the year that uh, Austin Cindric won at the last second. Just, just beat out uh, Bubba Wallace, but that was – you know, the first and only time I've been to the 500. So that one, super memorable, just an awesome all-around day to be down there. And then, don't remember the exact year, um, but it was, you know, 12 years ago, 2010 to 2011, somewhere in that time frame, when Jamie McMurray won the 500, because I was down in Daytona, my, uh, my dad and grandfather, and I think my aunt were at the race. I was at the hotel with my mom and my siblings, and we kind of took the whole week off of school, uh, the, after the 500 to spend the time down at like Disney. Um, so we had homework to do to, you know, stay up on our school. Uh, and we're doing our homework, watching the race. 
And early on, man, I was like, man, mom, that Jamie McMurray, he's he's battling. He's been up front all day. He's he's doing really well. And then the announcers weren't talking about him at all. I forget who was leading the race, but like the top two or three guys is who they were just focusing entirely on. And then lo and behold, he was the guy that was winning. So if I was betting then, I would have bet on Jamie McMurray. That probably would have won me a lot of money. But unfortunately, I was only like 10 years old, so couldn't do it. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a really is that's a Bass Pro car, right? That you want? Yep. Yeah, that's a good yep. car. That that was number one. Yeah, that was great. Um, for me, there's certainly a couple that come to mind. As far as going back a while, I remember the Trevor Bain win just because the uh, DW call the Happy Birthday Trevor Bain. That's a good one. I like that one. I remember watching it at my uncle's house. But as far as it's a fan, um, the 2016 finish with Truex is pretty crazy. So. I, I will have to put that number one for me just because that's such a close, close finish for the day. And, and to win the 500 as well, I believe that was Denny's first as well. So, um, yes. you know, that's pretty exciting stuff. So, I mean, the Daytona is great. I mean, I, 2020 was also a great finish, but I hate to say that because it was such a rough accident for uh, Rocketman uh, Newman. So, um any of the any of Denny's wins, I would say, are all very good. But 2016 was probably the best finish. So I'll go with 2016. Either way, I can't wait for the Daytona 500. It's going to be a fantastic NASCAR season for us as fans, no matter what happens, because we love to see what's going on out there. But be sure to check us out on Twitter at Talking Stock Pod. We want to know who you're rooting for and where you're rooting from. And uh, hit us up in the DMs. We'll try and get some of your questions on. We thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you after Daytona. Oh,